Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is uh, the audio-only tour of my house. Uh, uh, so enjoy as we walk. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, this is <laughs> uh, Shortcut to Sunday. And uh, welcome to your podcast for March 29th, uh, 2020. Uh, we are in our fifth Sunday of Lent and uh, uh, trying something a little new. So uh, uh, Bruce and I have not done this before, but uh, we are recording separately, remotely. Bruce, I miss your face. I miss yours. Aww. Um, <laughs> good, thing I uh, saw it, good thing I saw it on the video worship. Oh, there you go. Good plug. Uh, uh, yeah, the... Uh, the uh, the video on HFEC videos. We did a uh, our first ever all uh, separately recorded uh, uh, church service, which was uh, I, I enjoyed it. I thought that was kind of fun and neat. Um, and uh, it's up on our uh, on our YouTube channel. Uh, I even pulled off your uh, uh, abbreviated sermon and posted it to the uh to the uh, podcast channel as well uh yesterday so you can oh great you can hear you can hear the uh you can hear bruce's uh sermon from from uh, yesterday's uh service uh we'll be I, I think bruce i think it's fair to say that we'll be doing that again oh yeah uh, for this week uh uh um this time with more flashiness no uh <laughs> we'll, we'll uh uh, I did enjoy getting to see uh, all all our friends uh, uh, at home or out in their yard, uh, and uh, uh, a chance to kind of see people that we've we've been missing these past couple weeks. And that's so. a good teaser as to why people might want to check it out. We won't say in what fashion you saw them in their homes and yards. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, but uh, but yeah, it's a it's a good uh, it's it's a good. Uh, um, it's as good as we can manage at this point in time, I think. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but obviously, uh, uh, safety is, is, uh, key and first, and we care about our, our, our church members and our, our, uh, fellow, uh, uh, Indianans, Indianans. I don't like using Hoosiers. the word Hoosiers, That's, <laughs> but, but, uh, so, but you still haven't mastered Indianians after all. Indianians. Yes. Uh, exactly. I don't know if that's what it is. Um, but uh, but uh, safety safety is key, and we care about everyone's uh, uh, health and, and well being. So we are going to continue uh, as best we can. So uh, welcome uh, uh, to you from wherever you uh, are are hearing this, uh, whether you are, are quarantined or or resting or uh, unfortunately still going uh, to your job. <laughs> uh, yeah. or, and thank you or, for doing so. Or thankfully, though, it's still going to your job, uh, yeah. depending on. On, on your job or how you see it so uh, uh but uh, welcome and, and uh, for joining us and uh we're gonna we're, the, the sound quality probably won't be as good as it has been in the past because this is done uh, remotely and over the uh the very overly taxed internet at this point in time um but uh but uh, we're gonna do our best and uh, i'll still ask all my dumb questions so um nothing has changed uh, <laughs> So with that, uh, uh, Bruce, I think I'll, I'll, I'll tease you with our, our word of the day, uh, if I can even manage to say it correctly. Oh, good. Uh, glossolalia. Oh, Jeez. that's, you oh, don't even have to spell it, no. Um, speaking in tongues is how we usually yes. say it, describe it in English. And that's described in the um, Pentecost story in the book of Acts of the people gathered, the Christians who don't have that name yet, 
gathered, being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in various languages they didn't already know. But then in Paul, it's a little different. Um, he describes it as people talking in languages that are heavenly. And so only someone given the gift of interpretation of gloss, glossy area can interpret what the person's saying. Sometimes the person themselves don't doesn't have any idea what he or she is saying. In yeah. modern Christianity, it's for it was for centuries uh, seen as something only of the biblical era when the <coughs> excuse me Pentecost <coughs> Pentecostal movement started in the United States um, with oh what's her name out in Los Angeles. Then it started to become much more mainstream again. She had a radio show and things like that. Fascinating woman. I'm sorry, I can't remember her name. And that started a charismatic worship movement within worldwide mm -hmm. Christianity in which the speaking of tongues became a um, recognized and respected form of showing that one was filled with the Holy Spirit and therefore blessed by God. In Episcopal Church, it's extremely rare. Um, it's not part of our go-to bag of liturgical um, traditions, but it's something obviously that we know about. Yeah, no, that, that is absolutely all correct. All of that is here on the definition on the webpage and all the way including to, uh, uh, the uh, what's her name in Los Angeles. It says it right here. What's her name in Los Angeles? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, oh, I was the, hoping it did. <laughs> no, it actually doesn't. Uh, it, it doesn't, but it is a... It's the charismatic no. movement and, and and all of those uh all of that and, and it is a Greek term yes uh, yeah. for the uh, phenomenon uh, refer commonly refer currently commonly referred to as speaking in tongues yeah but yeah so I thought I thought that was a glossolalia uh, uh, which is a, a kind of a tongue twister so yes it uh, is <laughs> go figure <laughs> it's sort of like the onomatopoeia however that yeah. was pronounced where it how it sounds is what it is. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly right. Exactly right. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, the only other thing. Yeah, as you pointed out, uh, the 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 main line of Christianity has always denied that it's a necessary mark of authentic uh, of an authentic Christian experience, uh, and that uh, uh, Paul was ambivalent about the importance of speaking in tongues. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's uh, glossolalia. So uh, so there you go. Um, no need for glossolalia uh, today, as uh, I have the privilege of reading our, our liturgical uh, readings here in English, uh, as it is uh, the only language that I can read and speak well. <laughs> well I gotta say, glossaria, glossaria would make one of the bizarrest podcasts ever. <laughs> that was an ongoing series. <laughs> I think I think our listeners would be able to take about two seconds of that and be like, yeah. nope. <laughs> nope, not this week. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. That's good. So little thing. Let's get back to Ezekiel before I get off on too deep a tangent. <laughs> All right, Ezekiel. Uh, this is our Old Testament reading for today. Uh, Ezekiel chapter thirty-seven, verses one through fourteen. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? 
I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So prophesied as I, so I prophesied as I had been commanded and I prophesied suddenly there was a noise, a rattling and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked and there were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy mortal and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath and breathe upon these slain that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded and the breath came into them and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope was lost. We are completely, uh, we, we are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when, the, when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I, shall put, I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. Um, this is a familiar passage. We read it uh, during one of the uh, uh, late night services, and I'm trying to remember <coughs> which one. Uh, is this, uh, is this uh, uh, Easter Vigil? Or is you got this... it. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, I think a lot of people have always thought this was a little bit of a weird passage. What in the <laughs> world is going on? Why is this man prophesying to bones? And what does this mean? Because there's there seems to be a lot of imagery here. Um, but as far as the common knowledge about the background of the book of Ezekiel, uh, uh, it, that it. it this kind of seems like an island of a verse, like, a, a, you know, you know, it's just what's the background to this? Because we read it all the time and we don't. Right. Well, we don't really go that much into it. Yeah, it's Ezekiel was um, roughly a contemporary of Isaiah in terms of prophets. And okay. like Isaiah um, was principally speaking to writing to well speaking to the uh people in exile in babylonia mm -hmm. so the background the the key background of this is that he is speaking to people who are not in the promised land are not in israel are not mm -hmm. in jerusalem and this is a promise that they will get to return also okay. the other thing we often forget is this is a a it's a prophecy rather than a historic event so okay. it's you know if if you think a special effects movie is just way too fake and you should never ever watch such a thing then yeah this kind of verse isn't for you but if you're someone mm -hmm. who enjoys a fantasy movie one that has lots of imagination and visual imagery then this might be a set of verses that's easier to step into that it is God giving Ezekiel an image of what God's work with the um, people of Israel will look like. 
And actually, it's something that we as Christians have continued to embrace as how God continues to work with us. Okay, uh, uh, so the, the the working with like uh, uh, the 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 imagery is fantastic, right? Yeah. And like a, um, a a hint of magic, uh, one would say. Yeah. Um, or um, a little effects. <laughs> special effects, otherworldly. Uh, uh, but but what would this? What does this mean then to? The audience, like if I'm hearing this, uh, it sounds as though um, this passage is talking about uh, bringing us back to life after we die. Well, there, that certainly was already in the conversation theologically, um, mm-hmm. that within Judaism by this point, uh, a belief and an acceptance of the afterlife was widespread, not universal, but widespread. So it's not fair, it's not unfair, I'm sorry, to say people go, okay, yeah, okay, we can, we can get that God deals with dead people and makes reanimates them. Um, that mm-hmm. wouldn't seem that shocking. But there's also a belief at this time within Judaism that the bones are the essence of the physical body. And so maybe if we were writing this today, it would be a grosser image of the brain and the heart will be mm. revived, uh, all those you see laying on the ground. Mm. Um, so this was Ezekiel seeing a vision of the essential pieces of folks being made new and full of life by God through this um, working of God in their lives, bringing them back home. Um, and it, it echoes so many different themes within the Bible, Old and New Testament, really of displacement and restoration mm-hmm. that that over and over in the hebrew scriptures the old testament there are the the chosen people are forced out of wherever they are and have to go somewhere else but always god's uh, hand is with them to use the image from ezekiel today which occurs um hundreds of over a hundred times in the old testament the hand of god image so it's repeating a theme and in some ways even reinterpreting a theme to embrace this the relatively new theology of eternal life okay is there also an aspect it almost kind of feels like then if this is a a passage that is talking to people who have been scattered uh, uh, exiled or conquered and coming home, uh, that this maybe that the, the graves passage is that also talking about? And you're, you know, the, those that we've lost along the way, they're not lost, you right? Know, they'll be brought back into the fold. They're still, they, 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 while they have died, they will not have died in vain and they will still, I'll still remember them. Is that kind of also that the, the theme there? Yes. And also that even though their bones lay in a foreign land, in Babylonia, they will still be part of the community that God embraces back in Israel when, they're re- when the people are restored there. So you don't, have to, guess, you don't have to dig up the dead and bring them with you. I guess, I guess that does make a lot more sense as I think about it, because the tradition of, of proper burial uh, was very alive and well at this period of time right uh, and yeah, and yeah. Uh, uh, 
there being buried uh, or, or having died and being buried in a foreign land uh kind of carries a little bit of a mark of desecration i, was, I would uh, imagine uh, right. so okay okay so this is talking about like and we're, we'll god god has the ability and will, and will fix that blemish that's not that won't be held um, well and in some ways them. it's saying move away from that thought okay okay um though one one rabbi when i was looking into this passage um writing a few hundred years after this passage was actually written down or maybe about 500 years after had this wonderful image that i that is metaphorical but um that there would be tunnels that would be would appear underground under the graves of the Jewish people in Babylonia, and their bones would roll down these tunnels <laughs> back to Israel. <laughs> they would go for themselves home. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, it's, it's kind That's of a... a fun image, and I I wish I could could read how it was originally presented. If there was if there was a little bit of a wink as he said this. Or if it was taken as something quite, or he was presented as something quite serious. But the, the strength of the image is the the spirit of the people will remain in Israel and will certainly, more importantly, remain with God wherever the people go. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, I I think uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, the the other thing that I'm struck by is. Um, that at one point in this reading, uh, basically a, a body is formed, um, and uh, is basically inanimate, uh, right. and that it's the breath of God that then animates the body, and I suppose that's is is that kind of is is that just talking about kind of like a, is a imagery for like the holy spirit is this talking about the um um what makes us human is god breathed is that the, the kind of both those. imagery that we're going okay uh, and, and a little bit more <clears throat> that in throughout the hebrew scriptures and it echoes at times in the new testament there's this the the pun that's played over and over of the Hebrew word for wind and spirit and life force and a number of other definitions along those lines are all the same word. And mm. so the essence, the deepest essence and God indwelling of a person comes from God. And mm. the um, human form itself doesn't become human like you say until that ruach is instilled in that person uh, by Got god it. and that ties into paul's teachings about god dwelling within us that mm. with that we're not new at that point i mean he's he's saying what um, jews have believed for centuries and it's a reminder to us that without god we really aren't fully human and we can't pretend God's not around and not even within us because otherwise we literally would not be alive and we certainly would not be human. Interesting. So, I mean, it, the, the, this has a lot of uh, larger arch, arching themes. Uh, why is this 
passage, though, then chosen for Easter Vigil. Like, you know, we talk about, you know, the, yeah. and as a quick reminder, during Easter Vigil, we have like the story of creation and, and uh, you know, the, the, the basic pillars of, of uh, Jewish history leading up to, um, uh, uh, um, well, the Easter. Uh, so uh, why, why does this passage then fit in with those? Why is this chosen as part of that? Because it is, it is considered a, a foundational passage, both within the Jewish and Christian traditions of who we are. And again, it's this, the theme of displacement and restoration is played out both for the community and the individual. And it's Ooh. in many ways a summary of everything that has already taken place through the scriptures to that point, and also of what will follow. And it, it's a certain foretaste of Christ conquering death and uh, through Christ's resurrection. And this Sunday we have the story of Lazarus, so it fits with that. Oh, okay. Well, don't give away the signs. Come on now. <laughs> oh, that's just to keep them from checking their Facebook feed at this point. <laughs> Ooh, Lazarus. Uh, yeah, no, that's uh, that. that I, I hadn't thought about that. That that's a this is a this is imagery that kind of uh, not necessarily explains what happens during the crucifixion resurrection, but uh, to to lay the groundwork of look, this is well within. God's power, right? And here's the passage that reminds us that death and life are are are, are not outside of of God's control, right? Um, so interesting, very yeah. good. Any, anything else about Ezekiel or? Well, th again, this is one of the foundational passages, so we could go on for months. So we better just well, let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, my phone will die by between, between yeah. now and then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's move on to the book of Romans then, uh, 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 chapter eight, verses six through eleven. Um, to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God; it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But if you are not in the flesh, you are in the spirit, since the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the spirit of life because of righteousness, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through this, his spirit that dwells in you. Um, to set the mind on the flesh is death. I think a lot of times the, the, the translation of this uh, passage and others like it, uh, the, the use of the word flesh um, kind of gives it a, a um, uh, I, I guess I would almost say a, a sexualized undertone, right. it, at least in my mind. It, it often creates that kind of imagery of talking about uh, 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 those kinds of, of things. I don't necessarily, though, as I read this passage uh, again, feel as though that's necessarily the intention. Um, the, the intention is just talking about uh, um, your worldly concerns, the, the, the right. concerns of, you know, this life and, and with, with disre almost disregard to 
uh, um, anything beyond yourself in the here and now. Is that yeah fair? I mean, definitely fair, and and right on the money. The you know, American culture tends to have the the psyche of a twelve year old boy, and so you know we we read the word flash and we start start to giggle like Beavis and Butthead. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. no, I, I, I did go that Beavis and Butthead, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and admittedly, that dates me too. I know I, uh, that, that's fair. Mike Judge rules. That's fine. Yes. <laughs> But it's, yeah, it's not, it doesn't refer to naked people. It's okay. in, instead, just like you say, it's the general um, preoccupation about what's going on in the physical world around us. And Paul goes into this quite a bit earlier in Romans. So he's referring back to this long passage he has about being concerned about wealth and fame and, <clears throat> and influence and all those things. And so this is not, this actually ties in nicely with the reading we just had from Ezekiel, where mm -hmm. he's trying to play with the image, I believe, of the dry bones of the, the person standing there without the spirit of God yet in them. And right. that he's basically saying, if, you, if that's how you see humanity, then you are far from the spirit. You are far from the God that indwells within you. You're, you're just basically in denial about how God works. Huh. Okay. And the same word here, spirit, is the same word that is used in the Ezekiel passage about spirit, life, life force, God's breath, that sort of thing. Oh, okay. So, so when it says prophesy to the breath, uh, it's th that same word is spirit? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and that does make some sense, right? Because, you know, if, if you are constantly preoccupied with um, your worldliness, the, 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 the um, strict uh, experience you have in this body that, 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 that we have, um, you have no time for um, any, any, any of God's... Uh, uh, right. Any of the things God calls us to do, because that constantly is a calling for you to think outside of yourself. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's it denies our common, what, to use the term from the prayer book, our common humanity of mm -hmm. how we are all interconnected all through creation, uh, and no small part by this life-giving spirit. Mm. Um. Unlike the other two uh, readings, this one's a little shorter. Um, I'm sure that I'm sure that was intentional because the lectionary builders knew they had two <laughs> long readings here. Yeah, God bless uh, whoever has to read our. Uh, our uh, oh, that's right. It's going to be Deacon Kathy, won't it? Uh, yeah, our gospel reading. Um, yeah, I, we are putting her to work in her her uh, her quarantine. Um, that's right. <laughs> I already warned her to have a big cup of tea before and keep her voice going. <laughs> Yeah, these these John readings are huge. Uh, uh, anything else about this uh, the reading from the Book of Romans? Just to follow up what I was just saying, in most English translations, um, like in verse nine, where it says, "You are not in the flesh; you are in the spirit," mm -hmm. and goes on, the the word "spirit" is capitalized so that we as Christians automatically see that as Holy Spirit, but mm -hmm. um, that it's not clear 
that that's what Paul meant. That going to this older term of spirit that goes back to the very opening chapter of Genesis about mm-hmm. the movement of God, the life force, all that sort hovering, of thing. Hovering over the water, that one. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, and again, Ezekiel passage, dry bones, that um, it's not clear he meant the Holy Spirit, but instead was more of the trying to remind us of that deep, deep, uh, presence of God's mm-hmm. indwelling, which of course includes the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's the Holy mm-hmm. Trinity that's in each one of us. So it's not inaccurate, but it, in some ways, in some ways, it takes away the connection with all of the many times in the Hebrew Scriptures where the term "breath of God" is used. Interesting. I, I, the other thing, as you were t- pointing out to uh, chapter nine or chapter nine, verse nine, uh, that struck me. Um, it, 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 the, the verse starts off talking about like the difference between uh, um, whether you're set on the flesh or you're set on the, the, the mind of the spirit. Verse nine kind of, um, it, it seems like it's creating a dividing line until you get to verse nine. And verse nine is, it, it's, it's uh, it, this is Paul, right? Paul is pointing right. out, uh, even though I've created this contrast in these verses before, let me settle this now. You're not in the flesh. Right. right. You, you, you are undeniably in the spirit. So you either are, you, you are either, um, it, it, it exists, it's there whether you like it or not. And what yes. this passage, that previous passage is talking about, uh, the previous verses are saying uh, whether, or, or basically identifying, you know, um, your thought processes. You're either you're either aware of this, or you're not, or you're willfully ignorant. <laughs> right? Yes. But, yes. Uh, but but whether you like it or not, you are in the camp of uh, of being a part of the spirit. So set your mind to acknowledge that fact and to 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 live that way, and 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 don't be ignorant of the, of that, and don't think that the 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 the, uh, the mind of the flesh is all there is to this existence because. It, it's not. Um, so I, I was struck by that that uh, uh, that clarification of like even though I've created this this kind of a split, uh, there's you you do belong in this camp whether you whether you acknowledge that or not. Right, right on. So interesting. Um, yeah, John, uh, as we joked about earlier, a. Long John reading. Um, yes. <laughs> whether that is a, 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 a donut form or uh, PJs to you, uh, we giggled about that before. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and I think I had made the joke that it's so long, you might as well stay in your Long Johns uh, because it'll be bedtime by the, by the time this is done. But uh, John chapter 11 verses 1 through 5, and as you uh, very accurately uh, created earlier in the podcast, uh, uh, in, in the, uh, the hook, uh, this is the story of Lazarus. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister. Did I read that right? Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who was anointed, who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent a message to Jesus, Lord, 
he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Mary, uh, Martha and her sister and Lazarus, having, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, are, not, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Then Jesus arrived. He found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her were also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again, greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, and his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. 
Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. Um, yeah, very uh, famous passage, right? Um, and uh, we've heard the story uh, uh, many times before. Um, as I've said in podcasts past, I do love when the disciples say dumb things. Um, right. And I, I don't know as if uh, verse 12 where they say, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, you'll be all right. That's not so much dumb because he really does say, you know, no, he's yeah. fallen asleep and I'm going to go there and wake him up. I'm like, okay, well, if he's asleep, then we're fine. Um, but what, what in the world was Thomas, the twin, uh, um, meaning there? Like, for, So Jesus says, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe but let us go to him. And then Thomas goes, let us also go that we may die. <laughs> what? what? Like, what, <laughs> what is Thomas thinking here when he says this? Like, like Lazarus is dead. All right, let's go. We'll die with him as well. Well, that, that's a wonderful example of how the pronoun counts. Okay. Because yeah? actually the him is not Lazarus. It's Lazarus. It's Jesus. So why why is he thinking that in this? Oh oh okay because he's saying earlier, uh, uh, hey wait you were just they just tried to stone you there if right. you're gonna if you're gonna go, you're you're the implication being you're gonna die, and um, Jesus says yeah well Lazarus is dead he actually is not sleeping I'm gonna go to him and he's like all right I guess we're gonna go we're gonna die yeah exactly. <laughs> Okay, that makes more sense now that I've fleshed that out. Um, yeah, and I just want to add in here, because, well, add in here that note this piece where Thomas was willing to die with Jesus right then and there to mm -hmm. the bad press Thomas gets these days about being the doubting Thomas about the resurrection. Mm. That if that's the only pass of Thomas doubting whether or not Jesus actually appeared to the other apostles, is our only reference point for Thomas. It seems like, yeah, he wasn't a great apostle. But when we get to fold in this passage, then we can see, wait, Thomas may be one of the most faithful and courageous apostles. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a, uh, although I guess, uh, I, I guess still at this point, this is a, uh, a the, the, the death threat is still vague enough. I mean, they're going into, danger so i shouldn't discount his bravery but it's also not as though they're facing the stoners at this point in time um yeah they're not down the street the, yet i don't but know they, if i should have called them stoners uh but <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah the i mean it's it's no small thing in the narrative of john that this takes place at bethany which as it says here is two miles from jerusalem mm -hmm. so it's it's literally a suburb of jerusalem to this right. day short and short walk <laughs> short walk and so whatever it is that jesus does there is going to be very noticed by the roman authorities and others who are beginning to really keep an eye on what jesus is up to and the passage continues um, in john that some people even went to the officials and said hey did you hear about this latest trick that jesus pulled and that, in the Gospel of John, is why Jesus is arrested and crucified. Hmm. Mm -hmm. in, the, in the synoptics, 
Jesus is arrested be, mostly out of the cleansing of the temple. In John, it's the raising of Lazarus. Got it. Well, and, and this is, uh, this passage does kind of hint at the escalation here, right? Um, right. The, the criticism of when he gets there to Lazarus's tomb from the other, uh, the other people weeping with, um, with uh, uh, the sisters is that, hey, look, just in this, and for us in the lectionary reading, just in this last reading, he healed a man from being blind, who was born blind. Uh, he healed a physical ailment. Um, very surely he could have kept this, you know, this person right. dying. He's already proven he can heal. Uh, and then this is taking it to that next level of like not only can i heal i can completely repair from nothing right like right. Uh, again the valley of dry bones being you know not explicitly but certainly folks would have been thinking of the valley of dry bones prophecy at this point right yeah yeah i i, I would i would think so i mean you've kind of pointed out that the ezekiel uh was was uh the, that passage there that we read earlier is is critical, was a critical reading, uh, uh, and very well known to the Jewish faith. Uh, and right. So yeah, that would have been my one of my first things is is holy crap that he he breathed the breath of 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 yeah into him. Um, and and part of the connection there within the passage is that Thomas had been dead four days, and mm -hmm. at the time there was more of a it was i would say a folk belief than a form of theology that when a person died that essence of god that who they were uh through god hovered in the vicinity for three days mm. and so by having it the fourth day not only might there be a stench one of my favorite verses in the bible but <laughs> also this guy was stone cold dead nothing there right no, no mistaking it, because I think one yeah. of the other one of the other points is uh, um, even even to this day we have some folklore about uh, accidental burials, right. uh, and people people uh, we thinking that someone has died and they actually haven't, um, and, uh, and and this is the four days is is uh, uh, also kind of pointing to that like. If it had been a mistake, it would have been cleared up by now. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You would, or you would have heard something. It would have turned into the reality that people thought it was. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Um, so so then, is, uh, then it, Jesus' crucifixion is the further escalation of this is not only could I do it after four days, I could do it after three. <laughs> <laughs> I can name that to three days. <laughs> Actually, the escalation is not so much the timing, I don't think, than the, and this is kind of trivial, but it's it's important, is the the state of the linens, where mm. in the Gospel of John, when uh, Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb that's now empty, she finds the linens carefully rolled up. And 
Okay. Here, when Lazarus steps out, he's still all wrapped up and needs people to bind him. So, the, gotcha. Uh, well, certainly, the the two events are supposed to be connected in our minds in the Gospel of John, but we can see by how much more Jesus was, in a sense, in control of Jesus's resurrection by the state of mm-hmm. the you know, he didn't. He he wasn't mm. resurrected and wandered around until the linens caught on a shrub and he was unbound. Instead, uh, whether it was, right. it, the synoptics imply it was angels, however it was that it happened, Jesus was very much um, fully cognizant of what was going on and ready for action as soon as he was resurrected. Huh. That's that. That is a. That is, it is subtle, but that is a, an interesting yeah, point. I had not thought about yeah. about that. Uh, and, and and did it in three days, but uh, but yeah. <laughs> um, anything? I'm trying to. I mean, it's a fairly well known story, so I know a lot of people have gone through this story time and time again. We go through it every year, so. Um, Anything else that is kind of like a, a hidden gem? Do you have any diamond oh. in the rough on this one uh, else that won't ruin your sermon? <laughs> uh, well, now that may be self-conscious. Uh, <laughs> um, think, think. The, well, two things, just to, to go back to you, he did in three days thing, is... Um, we don't have to worry about that dynamic of the spirit hovering for three days because people could recognize so clearly that Jesus was dead. Literally the Roman soldiers proved that Jesus was dead. So um, that hadn't happened when Lazarus died. So that, that takes the difference between gotcha. the resuscitation of Lazarus and the resurrection of Jesus. The, um, the only other thing I was going yeah. to mention is um verse 35 where unfortunately in our uh, new revised standard version it says jesus began to weep and um, in the king james version and many other translations it simply says jesus wept yeah jesus wept making it the shortest verse in the bible um yep at least in some parts of the english speaking language a, a bit of a saying where something usually sarcastic yeah. of someone complaining about something that's not so bad, the, the person listening who's tired of the grousing will say, "Oh, and Jesus wept," you know, <laughs> and to dis- dismiss mm-hmm. what yeah. <laughs> that person's saying. So that's that's the source of that. If you hear it, uh, it's a reference to John, shortest verse <laughs> in the Bible. <clears throat> got it. Got it. Um, now it, it does. Um... I guess I do have one other question as I, as we talk about his weeping, um, he, the way this, this story is, it pans out and is, is formed. Um, you read the earlier verses and you get the feeling that Jesus knows exactly what's going on. He knows exactly what he's going to do. Uh, and, but it's, but later on, it uses words like saying that he is, you know, he was so moved that he started to do this. Um, 
when I'm trying to find now I'm quickly scrambling to find that that verse because uh, it talks about being disturbed and 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 okay when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came uh, with her also weeping he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved um, uh, so that gives you an insight as to his, which is his very, feeling which is very very um, rare but it almost in the Gospels right yeah weeping. Uh, uh, being being moved in some way, yeah. shape, or form. Uh, his it, it, this is touching on well, his humanity, yes, right? And uh, with the the and yes, part and being, okay. Uh, a reminder to us Christians today that that dimension of Jesus's existence is now and for all eternity included in God. So. When we mm. are disturbed, even if God knows things are going to turn out okay, um, you know, thousands of years from now, God will still be weeping with us. That God has, has that infinite mm. capacity for being present with us, even while God is eternal. Interesting. Yeah. yeah okay. So it, it, yeah. It's something gotcha. that humans struggle with because we have finite brains about how can there be this um both and dimensioned both who jesus was on earth but also who god has been forever of someone who's intimately with each person mm. and also the god of the entire universe and galaxies and all time and space um, and this this brings us into that in a way that's really worth spending literally hours of silence pondering mm. Yeah, I guess I, I guess initially when I read that uh, this these verses, I thought that his he was moved into this action, but this as I'm rereading this, it's really just saying it's really just identifying uh, the emotion yeah. that was witnessed uh, uh, here. Not that uh, oh, because he was because they were weeping, he was moved, and because he was moved, he he did this. Uh, this is just identifying uh, uh, the fact uh, that he did yeah. show emotion on this day. Um, and and originally, like I said, originally I thought it was like, oh, he already had this plan. Why did he have to be moved in order to do it? But uh, but it, that's really not the, the case. He always meant to do this, but uh, uh, he got there. And then um, as a result of his, his love mm -hmm. for those around him, he showed emotion uh which as you correctly pointed out is is rare in a, in and a gospel it, reading and it's way i think of it is that with when any of my children when they were crying when they were little kids i didn't just simply say don't worry you 10 years from now this won't matter you know i picked them up i hugged them i said mm. you know i eventually would say it's going to be all right but my first action would be to, to be with them in their tears so that they knew they were being heard, which is really too cold a way of putting it. And only later when they were calming mm -hmm. down, might I do the philosophical, how do you deal with this stuff? And so Jesus, I think, I think that's a way of seeing it is when we see someone else in distress, if we're a halfway decent human being, we'll feel sympathy. And so and Jesus mm -hmm. does much more than that, even as he knows that everything's going to be okay. Hmm. 
that's a that's a that's a good way to yeah. lead us out i think um um yeah it'll it'll yes. be okay yeah um and and we need, what 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 greater time to remember that uh that, that things will Very be okay much. than now yeah, totally. um so uh yeah well i guess with that then this is uh We'll wrap up your podcast uh, for March 29th, 2020, the fifth Sunday in Lent. Uh, they, uh, may, may, the, may you prophesy to these bones and, uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, and have a good week. Uh, we look forward to, uh, 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 unfortunately, not, not two-way seeing you uh, this weekend uh, with, our, with our service, but we look forward to worshiping with you uh, uh, online um, in, in a... Uh, and uh, uh, maybe who, who knows? Maybe a growing trend of uh, of uh, uh, online product that will that we'll, uh, make. Uh, <laughs> that sounds but, a little. Uh, that sounds a little uh, too commercial. So Come join us in worship. <laughs> Come join us in worship <laughs> from your own home. Uh, <laughs> and yes, bring, thank you. Much you better go said. To the, um, website of hfec.org and get a link both to the video and to mm -hmm. the Sunday bulletin that has. Uh, the full service on it so you can follow along and also the various announcements for the week like we usually would do if you were in person so you can have almost the full experience yep. by utilizing those resources and check out the Facebook page for the watch party which will take place at 9am on Sunday yeah and uh, yeah uh, to, to make an earlier reference you'll be That's able to right. watch it in your long johns or while eating a long john donut <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, while, while eating a donut, uh, we all miss that as well. Uh, but uh, uh, we miss you. Uh, we, we, we hope you, you all stay safe and healthy. And uh, we look forward to seeing you all again. Uh, and until, uh, and until next week, I'm Ben. And Bye. we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.